Tucker Putin interview, President Putin explained how Russia has sought peace with the West ever since the fall of the Soviet Union. I recommend watching the entire interview, but here's my short edit. After 1991, when Russia expected that it would be welcomed into the brotherly family of civilized nations, nothing like this happened. Yeltsin came to the United States, remember, he spoke in Congress and said the good words, God bless America. Everything he said were signals, let us in. Yeltsin was immediately dragged through the mud, accused of alcoholism of understanding nothing, of knowing nothing. He understood everything, I assure you. I became president in 2000. I thought, okay, the Yugoslav issue is over, but we should try to restore relations. Let's reopen the door that Russia had tried to go through. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing president, Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. I repeatedly raised the issue that the United States should not support separatism or terrorism in the North Caucasus. But they continue to do it anyway. I once raised this issue with my colleague, also the President of the United States. He says, it's impossible. Do you have proof? I said, yes. I was prepared for this conversation, and I gave him that proof. He looked at it, and you know what he said? I apologize, but that's what happened. The CIA replied, we have been working with the opposition in Russia. We believe that this is the right thing to do, and we will keep on doing it. The third moment is a very important one. It's the moment when the U.S. missile defense system was created. I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system. But our proposal was declined. That's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. And now I come to the main thing. They have come to the Ukraine, ultimately. In 2008, at the summit in Bucharest, they declared that the doors for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO were open. Viktor Yanukovych came to power and how? The first time he won after President Kuchma, they organized the third round, which is not provided for in the constitution of Ukraine. This is a coup d'etat. The U.S. supported it and the winner of the third round came to power. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup and it was indeed the coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. 
This is an attempt to stop it. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Listen, you have said that the world is breaking into two hemispheres. A human brain is divided into two hemispheres. One is responsible for one type of activities, the other one is more about creativity and so on. But it is still one and the same head. The world should be a single whole. Security should be shared rather than a meant for the golden billion. That is the only scenario where the world could be stable, sustainable, and predictable. Until then, while the head is split right, into parts, is it is an interview with Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin. We're going to show you more clips and break it down on the other side. Stay with us. It's the American Journal. We'll be right back. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and I'll almost forgot it's 40 percent off so get your nitric boost now for 40 percent off while it's still in stock and discounted at infowarstore.com you owe yourself a favor go research nitric boost and then get it it funds the info war it does incredible things for your body nitric boost 40 percent off infowarstore It's Friday, February 9th, in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, this jam. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. What a day. Yesterday turned out to be one of the one of the downsides to having a morning show is stuff breaks in the afternoon and I got to wait till the next day to comment on it. But comment on it we will. The dual stories of both Tucker Carlson releasing a two-hour-plus interview with Vladimir Putin. That turned out to be a bit of a history lesson, as well as a, a recent history lesson with the war in Ukraine. We'll break down that and some of the more important clips from it. And then Joe Biden, of course, the special counsel report. Basically saying he's he's too stupid and demented to be charged with the crimes that he definitely committed. The big takeaway from yesterday is, uh, well, the takeaway we've been yelling about for the last several years. The president of the United States is not the president of the United States. That's the, the big takeaway for me from both of these stories. Right? You've got Joe Biden being literally brain dead. I mean, we all know he is. 
but this report really puts it in stark and, frankly, terrifying terms. And we'll get into how much we can even rely on that. After all, there is the possibility that Biden simply playing up his dementia and stupidity and memory issues, like it's what mob bosses used to do, They'd pretend to be senile in order to avoid being held to account for their crimes. And then you have Vladimir Putin telling story after story after story where he would suggest something to the American president. Why don't we cooperate on this missile program? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why don't we cooperate? Why doesn't Russia fully transition into just being another European state like Germany or France? Why don't, why don't you just treat us the same as you treat them? The president every single time seems says, yeah, great. That sounds wonderful. I don't that's We should be cooperating only to come back a couple hours later and say, ah, yeah, it turns out that's not happening. That we're not going to do that. So they're not the ones making the decision. And that was a key part of the discussion between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin, as you just saw there, that Tucker Carlson's literally asking Putin, like, so who runs the United States? So you've got an American journalist asking the Russian president, uh, who runs my country? Can you tell us who it is that's making the decisions that are leading us towards the down the path towards World War Three and keeping us at odds with Russia, despite any strategic reason for this being the case. So again, I mean, this is, we've known this for a while. After all, you've got the New York Times back in like 2018, 2017, writing articles. It's like, yeah, the deep state is real, and it's good. It's good that they're in charge. It's good that we don't have an elected representative running things. We have unaccountable Shadow governments manipulating world events for their own ends, complete opposition to the will or benefit of the American people. So, yeah, confirmed. It's basically confirmed. We live in an empire, a shadow empire that is working and, and utilizing America to achieve its ends, but they're not America's ends. They will weaponize the power of America to achieve certain political goals, but they're not political goals that have anything to do with benefit of the American people or the West as a whole. So we'll get into all of that. We'll show you the videos from Putin and uh, Tucker that are most pertinent to this conversation. And, of course, we'll watch the press conference that Biden gave that will go down in history as maybe the worst presidential decision ever made, <laughs> the worst press conference ever given by the leader of a free of the free world. It's horrifying, honestly. It is horrifying. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, folks, here it is, your Daily Dispatch for Friday, the 9th of February, 2024, from the New York Post. Biden willfully kept classified info, would come off as an elderly man with poor memory at trial, scathing report says. 
Yes, it says he willfully retained and disclosed classified material. Special counsel Robert Hur found in a bombshell report released Thursday, though Hur recommended against criminal charges in part because a jury might view Biden as an elderly man with poor memory. This, of course, is a very, very thin excuse. We've heard over and over and over again to the point that it's become a mantra of annoying repetition that nobody is above the law. Nobody is above the law in this country. It's a bedrock foundational premise of our entire system. Nobody is above the law, except Democrats, obviously, except for the people that they want to be above the law. They are above the law, actually. Nobody's above the law except for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton and everybody involved in their cabal and everybody they cooperate with and the continuous crimes that and it's it's almost routine at this point. It would be comical if it wasn't the destruction of our nation taking place right in front of our eyes. But it really reminds me nothing more and probably everybody feels this way of uh, James Comey giving the press conference about Hillary Clinton's email scandal just before the 2016 election. They literally come out and lay out, here's the crime she committed, this was a crime, and this was a crime, and this was a felony crime, and all of these could be tried at trial, but we're not going to. Here's a list of the crimes that have been committed, but we're not going to charge any of them at all. Infuriating beyond belief, obviously, but almost predictable in this Day and age, Biden, 81, flouted legal restrictions on keeping sensitive documents throughout his 36 years in the Senate and after his eight years vice presidency, stashing them in cardboard boxes surrounded by household detritus in his garage in Wilmington, Delaware and other locations. The 388 page report said investigators even uncovered a recording of Biden confiding in his ghostwriter, Mark Zontenzer. Uh, in April 2017, three months after leaving the vice presidency, that he still had official records because, quote, I didn't want to turn them in. Sounding very similar to former President Donald Trump, who faces 40 criminal charges and up to 450 years in prison for resisting handing over documents after leaving the White House in 2021. Just again, we're just in this situation where it's just absurdly obvious what's going on. It's not up for debate. It's not questionable. The flailing attempts by the mainstream media to downplay or to reframe this circumstance in some way favorable to Biden is is pathetic and transparent, embarrassing almost, that not only are they making this argument, but that people are going to buy it. It's just utterly pathetic. And, and again, we'll get into some of the more outrageous aspects of this. Uh, been her, the special counsel, and this was all the way, I mean, this was like eight years ago or something. So, you know, we've had eight years of, of collapse of his mental faculties throughout that time, but he didn't remember when he was vice president. Did not remember when he was vice president. Like, didn't even remember the years that he was vice president. It's like 2009. Was I vice president then? Which again, I, I have to think that might be a, a bit of a bit of play acting from Biden. He's he's going with the I'm too stupid to commit crime defense, which is, again, just embarrassing. He also apparently did not remember within several years when his son, Bo, died. He died in May 2015. In case you're listening, Mr. President. 
And his memory also appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Amongst other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Kyle uh, Carl Eikenberry, when, in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. So, again, the, uh, the question, obviously, everybody is asking is who's really running our country? And the answer is a cabal of deep state actors that are well known to all of us. And none of this is particularly new. It's just been presented in, in really stark contrast to the way that America is supposed to work. Again, we'll get into some of that a little bit later. And we'll show you some videos of, again, the, the mainstream media trying to downplay or distract from this. It's really something else. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin and Tucker Carlson had a two-hour conversation on Thursday. President Vladimir Putin spent two hours being quizzed by former President, uh, former Fox News host Tucker Carlson in a highly anticipated TV interview. The interview took place just ahead of the second anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and at a time when the United States politicians are pushing to restore military funding to Ukraine. Putin claimed Clinton flip-flopped on Russia joining NATO, but it wasn't. It wasn't Bill Clinton flip-flopping. It was the president of the United States saying, sure, you can join NATO, only to return two hours later and say, oh, no, I talked to I talked to my team, and it turns out that that's definitely not going to happen. Putin says Russia is open to releasing a Wall Street journalist, uh, a Wall Street Journal journalist. This was uh, just one of the times that Tucker Carlson pushed Putin on a pretty uncomfortable topic. It was probably the only time in the conversation that Putin seemed a little bit shaken, honestly. He sort of was was knocked out of balance by that question, I think. And he starts talking about some other guy, some, like, Chechen terrorist that was killed in a European capital. Like, he kind of just goes off the rails a little bit. And even when Tuck Carlson's, like, done with the topic, and he's like, okay, thank you, Mr. President. Vladimir Putin, like, brings it up again. It's like, no, I, I really do want him to get home. It was it, That was actually, you know, pretty, uh, pretty heavy stuff. And, again, goes to show that Tuck Carlson wasn't there. You know, I, Oliver Darcy wrote an article for CNN that's like soft, Tucker's softball interview with Putin. It was definitely not a softball interview. And also... You know, the first like 30 minutes is like a history lesson. Putin starts going into all the way back to the 800s. The coming of the, the kingship of Rorik the Varangian. <laughs> Pretty interesting stuff. It makes sense in in context when he's laying out the entire history of Ukraine and Russia and how they very much the same state in many you know geopolitical manifestations throughout thousands of years so all that makes sense to me but you also have to understand that this is a tactic by putin uh in utilizing the translator because you know putin can speak english he could have held this conversation in english if he wanted he never does he, he never speaks english uh in public basically there are clips where like somebody will say something in English and Putin will respond before it's translated. So he, he definitely speaks English and could hold it in English. But because there's the delay of the translation taking place, you can't exactly interrupt at any point, right? You've got to wait for the translation to end. And by the time the translation 
is done being fed into your ear, he starts talking again. So it gives a leg up to the interview subject to be able to sort of uh, pontificate endlessly. And so he used that, and you know, there's not really much Tucker Carlson can do in terms of, again, you can't just like interrupt because the thing you're interrupting was said like 10 seconds ago. So it just made it a little bit more difficult and it allowed for Putin to ramble for a little bit. I thought it was extremely interesting. We'll get into that again a little bit later. Uh, Putin also called U.S. military support of Ukraine a provocation. He laid out the timeline of, you know, how this entire conflict came to be. He was asked who blew up Nord Stream and he pretty blatantly said it was the CIA. Very funny interaction that we'll show you the clip of in just a second. And they got into advances in AI and genetics. And that was interesting because it was Tucker that brought up AI and said, you know, when's the AI empire going to come? And uh, Putin laughed, but then immediately transitioned to genetic manipulation, saying that it's possible now to create super soldiers or, you know, genetically engineer scientists and that sort of thing. So that seems to be a greater concern to him than AI. And again, we'll get into that and we'll show you the clips uh, of of importance here in just a second. But meanwhile, elsewhere in the world, Pakistan is stunned as early election results look like a real race. That's the headline from New York Times. Pakistani voters on Friday were anxiously awaiting the final results of a national election that has stunned many in the country by denying Pakistan's powerful military a widely expected landslide victory for its preferred party. That party, led by Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif, remained the front runner as preliminary totals trickled in the day after voting, but the prolonged uncertainty made clear that the military, long the guiding hand in Pakistani politics, had failed in its heavy-handed effort to gut a rival party affiliated with another former Prime Minister, Imran Khan. Of course, we've covered this extensively with the help of Simon from Florida, who's you know kept his, his finger on the pulse of this entire uh, conflict, but basically Imran Khan was ousted in a coup d'etat, and it was his party that has won a massive victory. And basically, the party of Imran Khan, who is still in prison, but still the leader of this party, uh, is now taking the majority of uh, parliament, which is extremely interesting, especially when it comes to Pakistan's role in the rest of the Middle East conflict that we know continues to grow in uh, regional uh, participation. And finally, we have this Trump wins Nevada Republican caucuses, continuing his march to the nomination. Former President Donald Trump easily won the Nevada caucus on Thursday. NBC News projects the fourth contest he's captured on his march to the GOP nomination. It was a glide path for Trump, who faced no major competition in the caucuses after most of his opponents dropped out of the race. And the last one standing, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, chose to compete in Nevada's state-sponsored primary Tuesday. In an embarrassing defeat, Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, lost decisively to, quote, none of these candidates by at least 30 points, according to the most recent vote tally. Trump gloated about the defeat on his Truth Social platform, writing, a bad night for Nikki Haley, losing by almost 30 points in Nevada to none of these candidates. Watts, watch, she'll, she'll soon claim victory. But now it was Trump's victory Thursday, in which he claimed all 26 of Nevada's GOP delegates, further cementing his dominance among Republicans, even as Haley pledges she'll stay in, in the race for the February 24 South Carolina primary and possibly beyond. Haley's been making the rounds in California, which votes on Super Tuesday, March 5th, during Nevada's two contests.
Trump, however, uh, held recent, val- uh, recent rallies in Las Vegas where he told Republicans, don't waste your time on the state-run primary. It doesn't mean anything, encouraging them s- instead to take part in the caucuses. So, yeah, Trump is the obvious and inevitable nominee, and resistance is futile. So what do we, what do we want to start with? Do we want to get in now to uh, what happened at the Joe Biden press conference? Because good Lord... Good Lord, what a flaming wreck of an embarrassing, just, failure. I mean, just failure on every front. I think we will. I think we will start with that, actually. An elderly man with poor memory. That was the quote from the report, perhaps most damaging for the president. The special uh, counsel, Robert Hur, a former Maryland U.S. attorney, suggested the jurors should this go to trial, would not hold Biden liable for his actions on account of his perceived mental decline, even though he's seeking a second four-year term in November. So you want to talk about a lose-lose situation. Uh, I guess we're we're stuck between either Joe Biden is a brain-dead, dementia-ridden, elderly man who can't remember, frankly, anything, in which case he shouldn't be president, and can't be charged for the crimes he committed, or he's very sharp and very with it and totally cognizant, in which case he should absolutely be charged for the crimes he committed. And it's not a debate whether he committed a crime, it's just a debate whether they feel like bringing it to a jury or not. Again, you know, I don't need to explain this. It's blatant, it's right there, it's in black and white. They say it. I don't have to imagine anything. He committed these crimes. He absolutely committed crimes willfully. That's the term they use. He willfully kept classified documents. He even referred to them as classified documents. He didn't say like, oh, the documents are in the basement. He said the classified top secret documents are in the basement. He perfectly cognizant of what he was doing at the time. He may be retarded now, but... He wasn't at the time he was committing these crimes, so I don't even get how you can. It just doesn't make. I mean, none of this makes any sense. It's just doesn't. It doesn't have to. It doesn't make any sense. They literally just say he committed a crime, but we're not going to charge him. That's all that happened here. That's all that happened. They come up with different reasons. They always have reasons. They had reasons for not wanting to charge Hillary Clinton when she committed crimes. In that case, it was that she she didn't do it on purpose. She didn't mean to break the law when she was breaking the law. I guess they can psychically interpret that somehow. That's the same thing with Hunter Biden. It's the same thing with any Democrat that commits crimes. They just get away with it. It's not that complicated. It's not that there's nothing to debate. There's no subtlety or nuance in any of this. They come out and say, here's the crimes they committed, but we're not charging them. And that's just how it works. So we can go to some of these clips. Uh, Clip number three here uh, is Biden just uh, apparently thinks if he yells, that makes the lies more convincing, I guess. Let's go now to clip number three. Information. I did not share it with your ghostwriter. With my ghostwriter, I did not. Guarantee you did not. But what the special counsel said it. No, I did not say that. Okay. Okay. Mr. President, let me answer your question. 
The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in, this, in Afghanistan. And I was of this, multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he's referring to. It was not classified information in that document. Yeah, that was a lie. That's that's a lie. It, it was classified documentation. I mean, that's what the special counsel report said. So I guess uh, that we can just ignore what he said because that that was a lie. That whole thing that he just said was one big fat lie. Again, we'll we'll get into more clips here on the other side. All I know is that we've been right about everything the entire time, constantly. There's no debate anymore. We are not ruled by our elected representatives. We're, we are ruled by an unelected deep state that operates in perpetuity regardless of who gets into office. The president of the United States. Uh, really, that's the big takeaway. The big takeaway here is that Joe Biden is the perfect puppet. I mean, just absolutely perfect. He's somebody that you can get to commit crimes and then point to and say, look how stupid and incompetent he is. You can't blame him for that. It's perfect. It's, it's ideal. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned, fundraisers to sign copy, The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life. All at the same time, keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist. And people can't identify who's a patron and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller. Because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boost because it costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gate. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. No person is above the law is a bedrock principle of American justice. No man is above the law, no matter what the crime. And I agree with you. No, no man is above the law, and no person is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one's above the law. No one is above the law. No man is above the law. Nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No man is above the law. He has to be held accountable. He's not above the law. No one's above the law. Either that nor any other title puts you above the rule of law. No one is truly above the law. That is what it means to have a rule of law. That is what it means to not have a king. They're not above the law. Nobody is above the law. Everyone will be treated, as Merrick Garland has said, as, you know, equally. Well, then no one is above the law, which is foundational. No one is above the law, even a former president. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. No one is above the law. Uh, the law is the law, and no one should be above it. And yes, nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No one else is above the law, including a president. Nobody is above the law. You can't have two justice systems in America. It has to be one justice system. And anybody who breaks the law should be held accountable. And that no one is above the law. Uh, no one is above the law, and uh, our president is not above the law. I always thought that this country, that no one was above the law especially the president. Right. You can tell how serious they are by how often they say it. I mean, clearly, that's something they really deeply believe. I mean, 
it's not like these people are all despicable liars who say whatever is politically expedient at the time, only to completely backtrack and find fumbling excuses when it's their guy whose turn it is to be below the law. Yeah, they're all despicable liars. I, I don't. I, I don't. Really, don't even know what else to tell you. As we've, uh, as we said previously, the special counsel Robert Hur came out with his 388-page indictment, really of of President Biden, saying in no uncertain terms he absolutely violated the law. He absolutely held classified material that he was not allowed to have, top secret stuff that he was not supposed to take with him. He showed it to people who didn't even have security clearance. That absolutely happened. There's no debate about it. They're just not charging him because he's above the law, see. There's no other excuse. There's no other reason. They make it, well, he's too old and stupid to, you know, be convicted by a jury. I say try anyway. I say go ahead and give it a try. If a jury wants to sit there and go, well... This poor old man is just too stupid to understand what he did. Okay, that might be the outcome. But to not try this in front of a jury, to not actually charge this, when Donald Trump, for exactly the same charge, now faces 450 years in prison. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just right there, right in your face, right out in the open. It couldn't be more obvious. It's so obvious that even CNN can't spin it in any other way. Even even the, the biggest spin doctor, boot-licking, willfully blind leftist media outlets out there, I, they can't spin this in any other way than admitting that Joe Biden is apparently above the law. That's just how it's going. We just showed you the clip of uh, Joe Biden vehemently, angrily denouncing the report and saying he did not share classified information, but he definitely did. So there's that. And even CNN recognizes it. Let's go down to clip uh, number five. This is we got a couple CNN clips here because even they cannot deny what is in black and white in the special counsel report. Let's go now to clip number five. Here are the facts. Joe Biden, established by this report, Joe Biden retained sensitive classified documents after he left the vice presidency. Marked classified? Yes, marked classified, highest level, top secret SCI. They related to our international affairs, to war plans, to foreign relations. He knew it. He knew it. He's on tape after he's out of the vice presidency saying to his autobiographer, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew it. But he just denied that. That's, exactly. that, that so was that's a key part of the report. It's the second sentence in the report, and he just denied sharing that with the ghostwriter. And I yep. just looked at this closely. Uh, they had recorded conversations between Biden and this ghostwriter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a criminal. And then he lies about it. That's what criminals do. I don't know what's surprising about this. Uh, they went on to, again, make the distinction that Yes, he did share classified documents. Yes, he did retain classified documents. Yes, he did break the law. And importantly, he did it willfully, willfully. In other words, on purpose and knowingly. Right? The, the thin and 
you know, equally nonsensical excuse they gave for not charging Hillary Clinton back in 2016 was was at least like, well, maybe she didn't willfully do it. But in this case, that's not even part of the discussion, because as the CNN reporter again points out, it's the second line on the document. It says he willfully did this. So let's go now to clip number six, where again, CNN has nothing to spin here. It's all in black and white and undeniable. Let's watch. That is what blew my mind about Joe Biden's statement. Except two major things she just outright contradicts or is contradicted by, however you look at this, this report. There are two things he said that are completely the opposite of what Robert Herr found. And who do you believe is up to, I guess, the individual consumer. First, Joe Biden says, I did not act willfully. Willfully just means voluntarily, intentionally. Well, the second sentence of this whole Summary says President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials. The facts in here show it was willful. He knew. He talked about it. And the second thing he says is, I did not disclose classified documents to my ghostwriter. Page three says that he did that. He says, Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information from those notebooks with his ghostwriter. <laughs> so, okay. So he definitely did it. He's definitely a piece. Barely above the law. This is completely insane. But importantly, the reason that they said that he's above the law, the reason that they're not charging him is because he's mentally incompetent. Again, we're in this situation where both of the both of these things can't be true. He can't both be cognizant and capable of being president of the United States and incapable of standing trial for the crimes that he commits. These things, one of them has to be true and the other one has to not be true. He either is dangerously dementia ridden, in which case he should not be the one with his finger on the nuclear button. Or he is perfectly capable of serving as president, in which case he should not get away with committing crimes. You can't have both of these things. You can't have your cake and eat it too. I personally think that uh, they they sort of are, in a weird way, they are uh, both true, not, not to contradict myself like that, but... He is sort of mentally retarded. He he does have memory lapses that are embarrassing and on display constantly every time he speaks out loud. But he also is perfectly like he knows what he's doing in terms of the deception that he's able to carry out, the uh, way he's able to try to spin this. He He definitely knows enough about what he's doing to recognize that he did commit the crime and did so willfully and is now lying about it. Let's go now to clip number 10, where Joe Biden just, you know, when when there's nothing, when there's no logical argument to make, uh, he goes for the emotional one. Let's go to clip 10 here. Well, there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? How dare he? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself. <laughs> how dare he raise my son, Bo? Hey, you Let get how something. ridiculous that is, right? Joe Biden deploys his dead son like a shield every chance he gets. It's the most cynical, despicable thing he does, and he does it all the time. Whether it's to people who... Have, their sons have died because of decisions Biden has made. And he goes, well, my son, Bo, died in Iraq. No, he didn't. He died from brain cancer in 2015. So for him to be outraged, they bring up Bo. 
Uh, well, you bring up Bo all the time as a shield, you cynical bastard. Well, folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsTore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsTore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a t-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it, we would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarsstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and we're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking and it? I, about four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body is detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and 
they didn't have the same effect. But so X to iodine, I really wanted to point that out. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Hey, welcome back, folks. This is the American Journal, the Journal of American Decline. Getting the big takeaway from both the events yesterday, whether it's Putin's interview with Tucker Carlson or Joe Biden just going down in flames in front of everybody. I mean, the big takeaway is the president of the United States is not the president of the United States. They're not in charge. Joe Biden is the perfect puppet. He's the ideal Manchurian candidate. Just incapable of of stringing together a sentence it really is pathetic elderly man with poor memory is the way he's described in the in the documents and we'll go to the clips of uh, putin's interview in the next hour but sticking with what happened yesterday to joe biden in front of everybody you know, obviously there there's no way he can be the candidate now i mean it's just not possible it's just not possible. So who's going to be the replacement candidate? Uh, has a bunch of people talking. Obviously, Michelle Obama's name getting dropped quite a bit. Got to wonder if Gavin Newsom is waiting in the wings to come in. I mean, it's uh, the good news is uh, it doesn't matter. The good news is, I guess, that it doesn't matter if the president is a brain-dead criminal because he's not actually the one making decisions about what's going on in the world. Is that a good thing? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. So again, just to just give you a little breakdown here, Special Counsel Robert Hur determined that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified material after leaving office as Vice President in 2016. The records kept by Biden include documents on military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, as well as other national security and foreign policy issues. Biden kept the classified documents in part to assist with the writing of his memoirs. According to the report, Biden told the ghostwriter in 2017 in a 2017 conversation that he'd just found all the classified stuff downstairs referring to it as classified. Despite the findings, hers 388-page report recommended that the president not face charges. And of course, the the irony is palpable. And you've got President Trump facing 450 years for pretty much exactly the same thing, and Biden is being let off scot-free with the excuse that he's too senile to be held to account for this. Special counsel noted that Biden would likely present himself to a jury as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory if he were to face a trial. It's just it's just ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. You know, there are members of Trump's team that are being charged just for moving boxes, just for moving boxes from one room to another, and they're facing charges. You know, unfair doesn't even begin to describe it. Rule of law is just non-existent anymore. None of this would be an issue if the Democrats as a whole had just a modicum of shame in their being, but there's none of that. 
It's it's honestly just it's just sad watching our country be destroyed and time and time again the people in charge will go out and and you know put on their most sincere face as they say nobody's above the law. They'll cry crocodile tears at the importance of our system and our democracy. Now Donald Trump violates it by not doing anything we can charge him with. <laughs> And then it's like, okay, well, Joe Biden did exactly the same thing. He's on tape admitting it, calling the things classified. So where's the crocodile tears now? Where's the the principles now? Like you realize we're just we're dealing with this elite class in the media and in politics, in the deep state or in the party systems that are just this 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 ooze right this formless shapeless monster that believes nothing can never be pinned down or held to account for anything constantly covering themselves up in the most blatant and egregious way and this isn't new right this would be something if it was like like this would be shocking this would be a shocking thing to happen if this was the first time that this type of thing had happened i remember being shocked when you heard james comey go up and go hillary clinton Violated this law, she broke this law, she broke this law, and we will not be prosecuting. Good night. Like, that was pretty shocking back in 2016. But since then, it's been such a regular thing, whether it's Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or Joe Biden's brother or any of the other criminal cabal that runs this country. So this isn't even shocking anymore. It's just another point. It's just another data point. It's another aspect, another instance in which... The blatant criminality of the protected class goes totally unpunished. They do it right in front of our faces. So just take that into account. Just think about that in terms of what needs to be done in the future and how we repair what's been done to America over the last several years, several decades even. There is no redress to be found through the system. It does not exist. It cannot exist. And there's no amount of shame or, or embarrassment that these people even seem to respond to. It's, it's actually literally, it's pathetic is what it is. Let's go now to clip number 14. This again was from the press conference yesterday when he uh, starts yelling again for no reason because He's not just a forgetful, dementia-ridden, incompetent old man. He's also a bastard. He's also just a mean, angry person who lashes out at the slightest question of his competence, despite his incompetence being readily on display for anybody who's paying attention. Clip number 14, is uh, he's asked about this and again lashes out in anger because he is a simultaneously a dementia-ridden old man and a petulant child. Let's go now to clip number 14. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, 
watch me. Well, many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. Public that is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Finish the job I started. I will destroy America completely before I'm done. And of course, the big, probably you know, most embarrassing thing happened the whole time, right? So, special counsel report comes out saying he's uh, a criminal. He broke the law. He should be facing charges. They're not going to charge him because he's too stupid to be charged. And in order to combat this, he goes out and gives a press conference long, long after his bedtime, 7.45 p.m. It's a dangerous time to try to talk to the president of the United States. And he ends up uh, saying that it's the president of Mexico that didn't want to open the gate to Gaza. It's um, just as bad as as we all know. Like we're all perfectly aware of how incompetent this man is. Let's go now to clip number nine. Uh, Joe Biden, here he is proving that he has the cognitive ability to run the world's foremost superpower. Clip number nine. The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that uh, As you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Hey, in his defense, from a purely racist perspective, it's a very easy mistake to make. Brown people with pyramids, Mexico, Egypt, eh, it's all guys there, whatever. It's those people. Those people that aren't us are important, I guess, is how he might see it. So, you know, I guess that's understandable. I guess that's understandable. As an elderly, confused, shouting old man, he would confuse Mexico with Egypt. An easy mistake to make, I suppose. (laughs) Just. We'll show you clips from the Putin interview on the other side. Again, the big takeaway here, the presidency and everything about it. Big puppet show for the people behind the scenes making the actual decisions that are destroying this country because they're not American. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America. Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. 
People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. Winter isn't coming. Winter is here. And while the sun isn't helping us produce as much vitamin D, do yourself a favor and try InfoWars Life Winter Sun Plus. Winter Sun Plus is a powerful vitamin D-based formula bringing you straight vitamin D3 free of toxic chemicals, allergens, preservatives, artificial colors, and GMOs. Our vitamin D3 formula supports the body's natural immune system, promotes calcium absorption for healthy bones and teeth, and helps sustain healthy tissue and systems of the body. In addition to the vitamin D, Winter Sun Plus includes vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. And all these vitamins are presented in a way that is both delicious and easy to absorb. When the winters come, they come cold. So weather the storm and supplement with Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Back, folks. Second now, of American Journal is on. Move on to Putin uh, Tucker interview now. Before we do, I do want to note this stealth edit made by the New York Times, since it's something that we talk about constantly. The way that just very real, obvious issues that everybody should be concerned about are constantly framed as if they are some sort of devious political move by Republicans simply noticing what's going on. So they, they did it again here. And people are getting sick of this, so sick of it that they stealth edited the uh, headline because it's so obvious what they're doing. New York Times, election 2024, Republicans pounce on report that puts spotlight on Biden's memory lapses. Republicans pounce. No, Republicans aren't pouncing on anything. Republicans are noting the results of a special counsel investigation that said Joe Biden broke the law, but that he's too stupid and senile to know that he broke the law. That's that's a big issue, as anybody will recognize. And of course, but they have to frame it like this. They have to guide their sheep in a way that, that makes it seem like noticing this or or somehow being concerned that the president is a Retarded criminal uh, is a bad thing. That makes you like a Republican. You're pouncing on this. Leave the poor man alone. So they changed it to, quote, my memory is fine. A defiant Biden declares after special counsel report. So, yeah, they had to change. They had to stealth edit that special counsel opted not to pursue charges against the president, but raised questions about his mental acuity, which the White House disputes. Again, dispute it all you want. It's not like it's a rare thing. It's every time Biden goes into public, every time he speaks, there is some embarrassing lapse. It's not the first it's not the first time this week that he has in fact we'll go ahead and go to this clip. We'll get to the we got a long segment commercial free after after 
uh, a minute break here. So we'll get to the Putin, uh, Tucker Carlson thing. But just before we do that, again, this is so bad. CNN and MSNBC, they're not able to ignore it. Let's go now to clip number eight. Watch this. Uh, the possibly the most shameless, bootlicking, deceptive little rat in the entire government at this point, Dan Goldman, try to claim that Biden is not just, you know, not dementia ridden and incompetent, but the smartest, sharpest person he's ever met. These people, people vote for these people. It's it's wild. But before that, uh, Jake Tapper, whoever this is, is a Tapper. He relays just just a few of the egregious mistakes that Biden has made in the past week, because it's every time the man opens his mouth, something embarrassing comes out. Clip number eight here. The memory lapses that President Biden is described as having in this report this is not the first time anybody's raised issues of President Biden's acuity. And in fact, twice this week, President Biden referenced uh, European leaders, conversations he had with them in 2021, when both those European leaders had long been dead. He confused Macron with Mitterrand. He confused Helmut Kohl with Angela Merkel. Uh, are you really acting as if there's nothing to these issues or these concerns? Well, I, I saw from the White House counsel that they disputed this uh, recollection of the interview. And I will tell you, Jake, uh, I was in Israel on October 7th, as you know, and President Biden was nice enough to call me. And I can tell you, this was the day before that interview, I can tell you he was sharper than anyone I've spoken to about a very complex geopolitical urgent issue. He's so sharp. He's so sharp. He's so with it. He's so he's so cognitively present. So he should definitely be charged with the crimes he committed, right? Is that what you're... No, that's not what you're saying. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Again, you can't have it both ways. And Joe Biden likely, you know, likewise can't have it both ways in that he is constantly using his dead son as a shield for criticism. Anytime someone brings up like, well, you know, you got a bunch of people killed in Afghanistan. He'll go, well, my son Bo also died. So how dare you question me? But he doesn't even know the year the man died. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good. And it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible. And I'll almost forgot it's 40 percent off so get your nitric boost now for 40 percent off while it's still in stock and discounted at infowarstore.com you owe yourself a favor go research nitric boost and then get it it funds the info war it does incredible things for your body nitric boost 40 percent off infowarstore Listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, folks, welcome back. 
Again, the big takeaway from yesterday is America is now openly run by a cabal of deep state actors that persist regardless of who is elected to the presidency. We both saw this on display in terms of the statements made about his about Biden's mental acuity being incapable of remembering anything. I mean, it would it's almost to the point where it's like it would be irresponsible of the deep state to treat this man like the president. Be irresponsible to put a, a mentally incapacitated psychopath in charge of world decisions. So, of course, the deep state actors have to take control and make decisions for him. But this is nothing new. In fact, it's been going on for literally decades. In the Putin interview, he basically mentions every single president prior to Trump as not making the decision, not making decisions for America. It goes all the way back to George H.W. Bush. That's where he ta- he's talking about a missile program, missile defense program, actually, that America was working on with countries from Europe. And Russia said, well, why don't, why don't we also help you? We contribute to this. After all, not the Soviet Union anymore. Why don't we fully enter into the family of nations that comprises Europe and the West? And George H.W. Bush said, that's a great idea. I think that's a really good idea. And then two hours later, comes back and says, oh, actually, that's not going to happen. And you really, the overall, my overall takeaway from what Putin discussed with Tucker Carlson was the idea of the fall of the Soviet Union took place. And ever since then, Russia has basically just been trying to be another European country. They're like, hey, you know, Germany was the Nazis, and they seem to have been rehabilitated and folded into the family of nations. Why not Russia also? Why not just treat us like any other European country? We're not a threat to you. We're not communist. We're not expanding. We're not an empire. The Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. We're the nation state of Russia, just like the nation state of Germany or the nation state of France. Why can we not participate? Like you get this almost like schoolyard feeling of a kid just like being like, can I play with you guys? And America is holding the ball with Germany and France just going, uh, no, you can't play with us. Go over there. You're our enemy still. And you get this sense that the people that actually run the world in our country, the deep state actors in the State Department and the CIA and elsewhere, sort of just want to continue to have a boogeyman. They need to continue to have opposition to justify their war aims, their global manipulations. Like it would all sort of, it would, you wouldn't have an excuse to start wars. You wouldn't have an excuse to build military bases if you were to treat Russia like any other country, even if they deserve it, even if there's no reason not to. They want to just keep them there sort of on the back burner as like a potential geopolitical enemy despite not having any reason to do it but they want them there because you need division to cause the strife to 
give you the power that you need to reshape the world as you see fit. That's the overall takeaway that I got from the the whole interview. We'll we'll go to some of these uh, clips here, some pretty bombshell information. Not that any of it's new to us. I mean, it's all readily apparent if you just pay attention, but it's nice to see it displayed in this interview that at this point has received over 100 million views on X and the Tucker Carlson Network. Let's go now to clip number 19, where Vladimir Putin just gives a very quick rundown of the timeline that led up to the war in Ukraine in 2022. Uh, Clip number 19. So in 2008, the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup. And it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. This is when it all started. There is a video of aircraft attacking Donetsk from above. They launched a large-scale military operation, then another one. When they failed, they started to prepare the next one. All this against the background of military development of this territory and opening of NATO's doors. How could we not express concern over what was And he also points out that, you know, throughout all of this, so, you know, to him, the war began in 2014 with the coup, or even before in in 2008. So he's like, he's like, I didn't start the war in February of 2022. He's like, this is the action I took to end the war that had been going on since 2014 and the attacks on the Donbass, et cetera, et cetera. And he gets into the the whole history of it. It's, it's, It's a big meme. Now, right, he spends like 30 minutes talking about the entire history of Russia. But he's making important points that Ukraine was always a part of Russia and that when Ukraine was created, it was given parts of Russia with the understanding, with the agreement, with the treaties in place saying there'll be a neutral state that will not be home to NATO military bases or NATO expansion and that they would have never made those concessions and never would have given them independence at all if they knew that it would then you know be used as a geopolitical pawn against them and it would it would be like and you can't actually ever imagine this but it would be like if you know america started to collapse and so they said okay we're gonna we're gonna have a a new republic it's gonna be called the republic of texas and we're gonna give you louisiana and Oklahoma as well, but you got to agree to stay neutral. Like that's how intimately tied in Ukraine was to the rest of Russia. It was like a very much Russian state from its creation. And he takes it all the way back to literally the 800s, the Kievan Rus and the uh, Varangians. So like all that makes perfect sense. I, you know, people acting like this was some wild tangent or just rambling about history. Well, we're talking about history. We're talking about how we got to the point that we're at now. All of that makes perfect sense. 
Let's go now to clip number 22 here, where, again, he talks about just one of the many examples where Putin seems to have an agreement with the American president only for the American president to come back and say, powers greater than me don't want Russia as a part of their, as part of the, the global community. So let's go now to clip number 22. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing President Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. You can ask him. I think he will watch our interview. He'll confirm it. I wouldn't have said anything like that if it hadn't happened. Okay. Were you sincere? possible now. Would you have joined NATO? Look, I asked the question, is it possible or not? And the answer I got was no. If I was insincere in my desire to find out what the leadership position was... But if he had said yes, would you have joined NATO? If he had said yes, the process of rapprochement would have commenced, and eventually it might have happened, if we had seen some sincere wish on the other side of our partners. But it didn't happen. Well, no means no. Okay, fine. Why do you think that is? Just to get to motive, I know you're clearly bitter about it. Um, I understand. But why do you think the West rebuffed you then? Why the hostility? Why did the end of the Cold War not fix the relationship? What motivates this from your point of view? You said I was bitter about the answer. No, it's not bitterness. It's just a statement of fact. We're not bride and groom, bitterness, resentment. It's not about those kind of matters in such circumstances. We just realized we weren't welcome there, that's all. Okay, fine. But let's build relations in another manner. Let's work for common ground elsewhere. So that's just one example. There was another one even before President Clinton. So again, he says, hey, why don't we join NATO? After all, NATO, the entire point of NATO, in case you don't know, it was a block of countries as a defensive alliance against the Soviet Union. As soon as the Soviet Union fell, there was no point in NATO existing anymore. And that the ultimate, like, death knell of it would be Russia joining because Russia was the reason it was created in the first place. It doesn't exist anymore. So he's like, hey, why don't, why don't we join? And you can even tell there, he sort, it was sort of a, a probing question going, is NATO still operating against Russia? And, of course, the answer came back, yes. NATO is still planning operations against Russia. They're still consider Russia an enemy that cannot join the alliance because you can't have an alliance with your enemy. But importantly, it was... You know, Clinton's desire is like, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Let's do it. And he comes back two hours later and says, oh, actually, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Okay, so it's so the president of the United States is not the one actually making these decisions. Somebody else is. Not somebody who has to actually get our vote or justify their actions. So let's go now to this is about uh, 33 minutes into the interview. 
where he takes it back even further to before President Clinton, President H.W. Bush, where exactly the same thing happens again, this time in terms of cooperation with America and other Western powers in a missile defense system. So let's start here at about uh, 32 minutes and 50 seconds. Defense system was created. The beginning. We persuaded for a long time not to do it in the United States. Moreover, after was invited by Bush Jr.'s father, Bush Sr., to visit his place on the ocean, I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia, and Europe jointly create a missile defense system that we believe, if created unilaterally, threatens our security, despite the fact that the United States officially said that it was being created against missile threats from Iran. That was the justification for the deployment of the missile defense system. I suggested working together, Russia, the United States, and Europe, They said it was very interesting. They asked me, are you serious? I said, absolutely. What year was this? I don't remember. It is easy to find out on the Internet when I was in the USA at the invitation of a Bush senior. It is even easier to learn from someone I'm going to tell you about. I was told it was very interesting. I said, just imagine if we could tackle such a global strategic security challenge together. The world will change. We'll probably have disputes, probably economic and even political ones, but we could drastically change the situation in the world. He says yes and asks, are you serious? I said, of course. We need to think about it, I'm I said, go ahead, please. Then Secretary of Defense Gates, former Director of CIA and Secretary of State Rice, came in here, in this cabinet, right here at this table. They sat on this table. Me, the Foreign Minister, the Russian Defense Minister on that side, they said to me, Yes, we have thought about it. We agree. I said, thank God, great, but with some exceptions. So twice you've described U.S. presidents making decisions and then being undercut by their agency heads. So it sounds like you're describing a system that's not run by the people who are elected in your telling. That's right, that's right. In the end, they just told us to get lost. I'm not going to tell you the details because I think it's incorrect. After all, it was confidential conversation. But our proposal was declined, that's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. We will create such strike systems that will certainly overcome missile defense systems. The answer was... We are not doing this against you, and you do what you want, assuming that it is not against us, not against the United States. I said, okay. Very well. That's the way it went. And we created hypersonic systems with intercontinental range, and we continue to develop them. We are now ahead of everyone, the United States and the other countries, in terms of the development of hypersonic strike systems, and we are improving them every day.
But it wasn't us. We proposed to go the other way, and we were pushed back. Now, about NATO's expansion to the east. Well, we were promised no NATO to the east, not an inch to the east, as we were told. And then what? They said, well, it's not enshrined on paper, so we'll expand. So there were five waves of expansion, the Baltic states, the whole of Eastern Europe, and so on. And now I come to the main thing. They have come to the Ukraine, ultimately. In 2008, at the summit in Bucharest, they declared that the doors for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO were open. Now about so how can, uh, we can, we can pause there, because we already heard that part already. And then there's another point where he's talking about CIA backing separatist terrorists, basically. And Putin actually has to tell the American president, I think it was George Bush Jr., at the like George W. Bush at the time. He's like, you know, the CIA is backing these separatists. He's backing these terrorist attacks against Russia. And you saw the clip in the first five minutes of this show, the report put out by Greg Reese, using clips from that interview, where he says, the, the president said, he says, pardon my language, but he says, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll kick their ass. Basically, like, they're doing that without my permission. I never told them to go back the separatists. And it was just yet another example of the American president not even knowing what the intelligence services are doing, not even knowing that the intelligence services are backing separatist terrorists, being told this by Putin, saying that's not right, that's not okay, don't worry, I'll tell them to stop doing that, only to then come back a couple hours later and say, oh, actually, we are backing the separatists and we're going to continue to back the separatists, and that's our policy and we're going to continue to pursue that. So again, you just have to put yourself in the position of Russia where... And I, I can't find anything that contradicts the way Putin tells things, right? That Russia seems to, at least on the surface, be sincerely wanting to cooperate with the United States, cooperate with the West, be a part of the agreements, be a part of the military bloc. Like, they want to participate, and America purposefully keeps them at arm's length and is sponsoring separatist groups and is violating treaties to expand NATO and to take Ukraine and build military bases there. And at every pass, Russia is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? The American president says, oh, I have no idea why that's happening. Gee, that's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. Only to be told by somebody in the shadows, actually, we are going to keep doing this. We are sponsoring. I mean, you can just imagine if the shoe was on the other foot. right? You can just imagine if Russia was funding some, like funding the Mexican cartels as they attempted to like take over an American state. And America's like, what are you doing? Russia's like, well, we're just going to keep doing this. This is our plan, actually, and we're going to keep doing it. Although it's not even the Russian president making the decision, it's some remnant of the KGB still controlling Russia. I mean, that's the big takeaway. The big takeaway here has to be that we do not control our country. The American president is not the American president. He is a puppet of people who seem to have some insistent desire to take out Russia, to destroy Russia. They have a hatred of Russia that has nothing to do with the benefit or policies of America and the American people. 
but instead they see the American people and even the American president as a tool to carry out their own geopolitical aims. And Tucker Carlson actually held an interview with Colonel McGregor, where he was asked about this, asked about the people actually making these decisions, and they're the same ones that have been decision makers in our foreign policy since the George H.W. Bush era, and they seem to have some sort of deep-seated hatred of Russia, not from any American perspective, but from their own. Uh, he was asked about this, clip number 24. Here's Colonel McGregor a couple months ago being asked about who it is that's making these decisions to overthrow the elected president in Ukraine, uh, install a, a puppet president. I mean, it's Victoria Newland and Robert Kagan. I mean, th- these are the main heads, but you've got Anthony Blinken in there as well. So let's go now to uh, clip number 24. Who is Victoria Newland? Oh, goodness gracious. All these hard questions. <laughs> I, I do not know Victoria Newland personally. I, I know Fred Kagan and his brother Bob is married to her. And she's a long-term uh, committed neocon. Uh, this is someone I would not characterize as either Democrat or Republic. These are people with this agenda. And the agenda says until the entire world is garrisoned by U.S. forces, and is converted forcibly to some form of democracy that we approve of, uh, the world will not be safe and we must continue to fight. And I think in the, in the case of Russia, Russia has special appeal because I think these people have ancestors who came from that region of the world and have a permanent axe to grind with the Russians, uh, which, of course, I don't. I don't think most Americans do, and nor do I think anybody in government should shape policy based on whatever unhappiness their ancestors, you know, experienced in, in a place like Russia. So I, I, that's, a, that's a nutshell, but I think that's enough. And wherever she goes, uh, usually there is conflict, crisis, and fighting. I, I've met the national security types when I was uh, at the Hudson Institute for many years, and they're crazy. They, they are filled with hatred uh, of the stories that they grew up about their family suffering in the Holocaust. And uh, they look at the whole rest of the world as being uh, potential enemies that somehow want to put them in the gas chambers. And these are, uh, are twisted uh, people. And indeed, uh, this is why people are afraid of the twisted people. The indeed. We'll be right back. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boost because it costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gate. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. 
Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on here. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser is a signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patriot and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. We continue to show you some important clips from the Putin interview where, again, he's giving history that we've explained to you before, you know, how all this came about. He gets into details with it, and he lays out exactly what the conflict was that really, in a lot of ways, forced Russia's hand. And he, he makes the point that if the geopolitical goals of the Western Bloc and NATO and America and Victoria Newland and Robert Kagan and the people that actually run our country, if their goal was to open up Ukraine to EU trade, 
it it was possible. It could have been done. They just had to take Russia into account. They just had to not do it in a way that forcefully blocked Russia from an important strategic partner of theirs in Ukraine. And he, he sort of just like, why, why were they so impatient? Why do a coup? You can negotiate. We could talk about this. We can figure out how to make things work for everybody. But it wasn't going fast enough for their liking, so instead they 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 did Maidan, essentially. And he gets into all the details, really important stuff around the 40-minute mark of this interview. So let's start here at around 40 minutes, and you have Putin explaining, this all the way back prior to 2014, this goes all the way back to 2008, and he describes the way that the negotiations to open Ukraine to EU trade was not something that Russia was going to simply rubber stamp and say, yeah, that's fine. Because, And he explains it. So we'll, we'll expand on it. But again, this is just basic history. Everybody who has sincerely studied the Ukraine situation, whether that's, I mean, anybody who's even just watched a documentary or two, about Maidan understands that what Putin is saying here is not some sort of Soviet lie, as I've seen it portrayed on Twitter. This is just what actually happened. And you can say, well, they should have, you know, Russia just rolled over. Russia should have just accepted this. But we wouldn't. We wouldn't be expected to accept this happening to a primary strategic ally of ours that was once within our own nation. I mean, to expect them to just take this type of behavior. It was, it was stupid. It was stupid to think that Russia was incapable of defending its natural uh, national interest, which seems to be the mindset of the people who brought all of this about. So starting at around 40 minutes here, uh, Putin gets into what happened between 2008 and 2014. Let's watch. The U.S. supported it, and the winner of the third round came to power. Imagine if in the U.S. something was not to someone's liking, and the third round of election, which the U.S. Constitution does not provide for, was organized. Nonetheless, it was done in Ukraine. Okay, Viktor Yushchenko, who was considered a pro-Western politician, came to power. Fine. We have built relations with him as well. He came to Moscow with visits. We visited Kiev. I visited too. We met in an informal setting. If he's pro-Western, so be it. It's fine. Let people do their job. The situation should have developed inside independent Ukraine itself. As a result of Kuchma's leadership, things got worse and Viktor Yanukovych came to power after all. Maybe he wasn't the best president and politician. I don't know. I don't want to give assessments. However, the issue of the association with the EU came up. We have always been lenient to this. Suit yourself. But when we read through the Treaty of Association, it turned out to be a problem for us, since we had a free trade zone and open customs borders with Ukraine, which under this association had to open its borders for Europe, which would have led to flooding of our market. 
We said, no, this is not going to work. We shall close our borders with Ukraine then. The customs borders, that is. Yanukovych started to calculate how much Ukraine was going to gain, how much to lose, and said to his European partners, I need more time to think before signing. The moment he said that, the opposition began to take destructive steps which were supported by the West. It all came down to Maidan and a coup in Ukraine. So he did more trade with Russia than with the EU. Ukraine did. Of course. It's not even the matter of trade volume, although for the most part it is. It is the matter of cooperation size, which the entire Ukrainian economy was based on. The cooperation size between the enterprises were very close since the times of the Soviet Union. One enterprise there used to produce components to be assembled both in Russia and Ukraine and vice versa. They used to be very close ties. A coup d'etat was committed, although I shall not delve into details now, as I find doing it inappropriate. The so, in 2008, the doors of NATO were opened for Ukraine. In 2014, there was a coup, they started persecuting those who did not accept the coup, and it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. This is when it all started. There is a video of aircraft attacking Donetsk from above. They launched a large-scale military operation, then another one. When they failed, they started to prepare the next one. All this against the background of military development of this territory and opening of NATO's doors. How could we not express concern over what was happening? So again, we, we can, we can pause side, right there. But we know, uh, you know, Victoria Newland and the American State Department and CIA helped to orchestrate all of this. Not even this is just history. This is just what actually happened. It's it's on Wikipedia, right? It's not uh, you have to go to some a Russian website to find this narrative. It's it's right here uh, on Victoria Newland's page. Ukraine during the Maidan uprising in Ukraine, Newland made appearances supporting the Maidan protesters in December 2013. She said in a speech to U.S. Ukraine Foundation that the U.S. had spent about five billion dollars on democracy building programs in Ukraine since 1991. The Russian government seized on this statement, claiming it was evidence the U.S. was orchestrating a color revolution. On February 4th, 2014, a recording of a phone call between Newland and U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat, on January 28th, 2014, was published on YouTube. The call followed an offer made on January 25th, 2014, by Ukraine President Yanukovych to include two members of the opposition party to calm the Maidan protest in Ukraine, one being that of his prime minister. Newland and Piat voiced their, oppos uh, their opinions of this offer, specifically on the post of prime minister, giving their opinion of several opposition personalities. Newland told Piat that uh, Yatsenyuk uh, would be the best candidate to hold the position. Newland suggested the United Nations, rather than the EU, should be involved in the full political uh, solution, adding F the EU. The following day, the deputy spokesperson, deputy head of the press information for the German federal government, said that uh, Angela, Nerkel, Angela Merkel termed Newland's remarks absolutely unacceptable. So, again, you've got... Yanukovych, as, as he lays it out, as we've laid it out, as everybody who's ever paid attention has laid it out, they wanted to do a trade deal with the EU. Russia said, all right, well, 
if you open up your border to EU, you can't have a border open with Russia at the same time because that would flood our market and cause a massive disruption in our economics. So you got to choose. Do you want to continue to have a common market with Russia or do you want to move into the EU? You can't have both. You've got to choose. And it was as soon as Yanukovych said, "Okay, well, you know, maybe this EU decision isn't the optimal way to go. Maybe we should retain our connections to Russia. That was when the coup was launched, when the Maidan protest broke out, when Maidan snipers uh, in the Maidan camp actually shot at Maidan protesters, causing worldwide outrage as a way to oust the president and put in a uh, Western backed puppet as displayed in the Victoria Newland phone call. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsStore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsStore.com. If just... A half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a t-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work. Just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarsstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, this survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Colloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com. 
do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be joined in the next hour by Alex Newman. Talking about his new book, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death. Very excited to, to uh, talk to him about that. We're going to finish up here with a few more clips from the Putin-Tucker Carlson interview. Which, again, it was just nothing that was said in the interview really should have been new to anybody that at least watches InfoWars. Since we've been talking about all of this stuff since the beginning, it's not that difficult. It's like unless you see America as some sort of paragon of virtue that can do no wrong and whose actions are never to be questioned, it's it's pretty obvious what's behind all of this. And while you're not going to find an outlet more patriotic and actually embodying the spirit and principles the foundation of this country, again, Wars is head and shoulders above other outlets. We aren't blind to the dishonest maneuvers of the people who run our country at this point because they, their designs and their desires fly in the face of what would benefit the average American person or us collectively. And so it was... It's a simple matter of just looking into the events that happened that aren't talked about in mainstream media. Because we all know how intimately intertwined the mainstream media is with the deep state, state department, CIA, shadow government operation. So once again, you know, we're in this position where... We've just we've just been right the entire time about what's going on, about the decisions being made, about how Russia will react to them. And we'll continue to just try to tell the truth about what's going on and uh, continue to try to prevent the spiral towards towards World War Three, which, like everything else that's happened in Ukraine and the Middle East and with China and everywhere else is, is deliberately designed to 
undermine and destroy America while simultaneously using America to achieve political ends. I hope you can support us in this mission by going to InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is the only way that we get funding. It's the only way that we're able to sit here and tell you the truth about what's going on day after day, hour after hour. As we watch geopolitical events unfold in a predictable but horrifying direction, support us as we strive to rescue humanity from the psychopaths that are driving us towards extinction. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. Get yourself a product. Nitric Boost, still 40% off. Incredible product for heart health, cardiovascular health, immune support, exercise performance. Everybody... Every age, every health level can benefit from Nitric Boost, and that's just one of the incredible products at InfoWarsStore.com, including things like TurboForce, also 40% off the great energy drink mix, one of my favorite products since I'm mildly addicted to caffeine. TurboForce Plus is more than caffeine. It's like rocket fuel, but it doesn't have the crash that you expect with uh, pure caffeine supplements so go to infowarsstore.com support us keep us on the air keep us in the fight and keep us telling the truth in the face of a world of lies that we constantly have to try to tear down i'm going to go to a, a longer clip here uh clip number uh 18 actually clip number 18 here tucker carlson asked putin who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline they have kind of a funny back and forth. But with Putin, you know, this is, and we've said this before, that like everybody knows, everybody in positions of power, they all sort of know each other's secrets. We said this when the Nord Stream Pipeline first blew up. There was never a question as to who blew it up. Russia knew, Germany knows, America knows, the media knows. They all just pretend not to. Because they're liars. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that. And so Putin's response when Tucker Carlson asks him about proof and about evidence and about presenting this case to the world, you can hear Putin's response is very real. It's very cognizant of the reality of the situation. You'll see. We'll go to the clip and we'll talk about it on the other side. Clip number 16. Who blew up Nord Stream? I'm sorry, 18, yeah. <laughs> you for sure. I was busy that day. <laughs> Nate, it, do you have... Do you have <laughs> uh, I did not blow up Nord Stream. Uh, thank you, though. You personally may have an alibi, but the CIA has no such alibi. Do, do you have evidence that NATO or the CIA did it? You know, I won't get into details, but people always say in such cases, look for someone who is interested. But in this case, we should not only look for someone who is interested, but also for someone who has capabilities. Because there may be many people interested, but not all of them are capable of sinking to the bottom of the Baltic Sea and carrying out this explosion. These two components should be connected. Who is interested and who is capable of doing it? But I'm confused. I mean, that's the biggest act of industrial terrorism ever. 
and it's the largest emission of CO2 in, in history. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the U.S., CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information and we will not achieve results. It is clear to the whole world what happened and even American analysts talk about it directly. It's true. Yes, I, but, but here's a question you may be able to answer. You worked in Germany, famously. Um, the Germans clearly know that their NATO partner did this, but they, and it damaged their economy greatly, it may never recover. Why are they being silent about it? That's very confusing to me. Why wouldn't the Germans say something about it? This also confuses me. But today's German leadership is guided by the interests of the collective West rather than its national interests. Otherwise, it is difficult to explain the logic of their action or inaction. After all, it is not only about Nord Stream 1, which was blown up, and the Nord Stream 2 was damaged. But one pipe is safe and sound, and gas can be supplied to Europe through it. But Germany does not open it. We are ready, please. There's another route through Poland, called Yamal Europe, which also allows for a large flow. Poland has closed it, but Poland packs from the German hand, it receives money from the pan-European funds, and Germany is the main donor to these pan-European funds. Germany feeds Poland to a certain extent, and they close their route to Germany. Why? I don't understand. Ukraine, to which the Germans supply weapons and give money. Germany is the second sponsor of the United States in terms of financial aid to Ukraine. There are two gas routes through Ukraine. They simply closed one route, the Ukrainians. Open the second route and please get gas from Russia. They do not open it. Why don't the Germans say? Look guys, we give you money and weapons. Open up the valve, please let the gas from Russia pass through for us. We're buying liquefied gas at exorbitant prices in Europe, which brings the level of our competitiveness and economy in general down to zero. So you want us to give you money? Let us have the decent existence, make money for our economy, because this is where the money we give you comes from. They refuse to do so. Why? Ask them. That is what is like in their heads. Those are highly incompetent people. Incompetent or on purpose, I mean, at a certain point, it really doesn't matter. It was clearly the CIA that blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And he's like, it doesn't even, he's like, if we were to present information, it would just expose our sources and it wouldn't convince anybody because the media is owned by the same blocks that are making these decisions in the first place. Big takeaway here, we don't run our country, Germans don't run their country, it's all a globalist scam.
Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patriot and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com and get your Team Humanity InfoWars limited edition shirt right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is antithetical, the complete opposite of what the globalists are pushing. So get both the Team Humanity and the 1776 Gadsden Snake shirts limited edition at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Spread the word, meet like-minded people, and fund the 1776 revolution worldwide. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. When I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and they didn't have the same effect. But so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. In the Tucker Putin interview, President Putin explained how Russia has sought peace with the West ever since the fall of the Soviet Union. I recommend watching the entire interview, but here is my short edit. After 1991, when Russia expected that it would be welcomed into the brotherly family of civilized nations, nothing like this happened. Yeltsin came to the United States. Remember, he spoke in Congress and said the good words, God bless America. Everything he said were signals, let us in. Yeltsin was immediately dragged through the mud, accused of alcoholism of understanding nothing, of knowing nothing. He understood everything, I assure you. I became president in 2000. I thought, okay, the Yugoslav issue is over, but we should try to restore relations. Let's reopen the door that Russia had tried to go through. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing President Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. I repeatedly raised the issue that the United States should not support separatism or terrorism in the North Caucasus. 
Но все равно продолжали это делать. But they continue to do it anyway. I once raised this issue with my colleague, also the President of the United States. He says, it's impossible. Do you have proof? I said, yes. I was prepared for this conversation, and I gave him that proof. He looked at it, and you know what he said? I apologize, but that's what happened. The CIA replied, we have been working with the opposition in Russia. We believe that this is the right thing to do, and we will keep on doing it. The third moment is a very important one. It's the moment when the U.S. missile defense system was created. I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system. But our proposal was declined. That's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. And now I come to the main thing. They have come to the Ukraine, ultimately. In 2008, at the summit in Bucharest, they declared that the doors for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO were open. Viktor Yanukovych came to power and how? The first time he won after President Kuchma, they organized the third round, which is not provided for in the constitution of Ukraine. This is a coup d'etat. The U.S. supported it and the winner of the third round came to power. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup and it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbass in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. This is an attempt to stop it. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Listen, you have said that the world is breaking into two hemispheres. A human brain is divided into two hemispheres. One is responsible for one type of activities, the other one is more about creativity and so on. But it is still one and the same head. The world should be a single whole. Security should be shared rather than a meant for the golden billion. That is the only scenario where the world could be stable, sustainable, and predictable. Until then, while the head is split in two parts, it is an illness, a serious adverse condition. It is a period of severe disease that the world is going through now. See the whole thing at TuckerCarlson.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsTore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and I'll almost forgot it's 40 percent off so 
Get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the InfoWar, does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off InfoWarsStore. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Third hour of American Journal has begun. I'm very happy to welcome my guest, Alex Newman. He's an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, and consultant who seeks to glorify God in everything that he does. He's with us today to talk about his new book, which was endorsed by Alex Jones. It's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. You can find it on his website, LibertySentinel.org, or you can find Alex Newman on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. The book is on Amazon, and again, it's called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. Thank you so much for joining us once again, Alex. Thank you so much for having me, Harrison. It's great to be here. My pleasure, and uh, I'll hold off on asking you about some geopolitical things, because I know uh, you you have your finger on the pulse of geopolitics more perhaps than anybody else uh, that, that we talk to on a regular basis. But this book, I'm intrigued by, first of all, because you get into the history of how the schools got to where they are now, but you also have prescriptions on how we can fix it. Uh, just g- give us a rundown. Why did you, why do you, why do you see this topic as so important that this is what you've dedicated your time writing a book about. I know you I mean, whether it's religion or the green scam, we had you on, you know, live from uh, the, the COP meeting earlier last year. Why is education the focal point that you focus on in this book? Well, I think the main reason, Harrison, is that this this is the issue that transcends all the other ones. It's not the sexy one. It's not the one that's going to capture, you know, the top headlines on the front page of the newspaper. But it is the issue on which everything else is going to rise or fall. Uh, Right now, depending on whose numbers you look at, depending on what state you're looking at, they have something like 75 to 80 percent of our children. In some states, it's even higher, up to 85 percent of our children in these institutions. And they have them for five days a week for between six and eight hours a day, sometimes longer, you know, when the when the kids participate in the after-school program and things, and things like that. They've got them for at least 12 years, oftentimes more than that. If you start in kindergarten, you're talking 14, 15, then you've got college. I mean, we might be talking 20 years here that these children are being subjected to this indoctrination. And all these other battles that we're fighting, I mean, they're critical. You, you and I both know this, Harrison. We have to protect our gun rights. We have to get the border under control. We have to get get uh, the United Nations out of our business. We have to uh, protect free speech, right? Uh, I'm working now with uh, Citizens for Free Speech. These are all really, really critical issues. We have to fight on them. But the reality is if they brainwash 80% of our children, and make no mistake, they're brainwashing right now about 80% of our children, every single one of these issues, we're going to lose. They're going to get our guns. The border is going to stay wide open until there's no country left. Uh, The Congress is going to keep spending us into bankruptcy. The wars will continue. The new world order will emerge. And and the worst part is for for the individual is you're going to lose your own children, folks. Mm. Um, We've got data now from the Nehemiah Institute, something like 80% of Christian children from Christian homes who spend 12 years in these indoctrination centers, they're going to leave the church. They're going to leave the faith. 
Uh, you look at my generation, Harrison. I think you're also a, a millennial, which I, I know is kind of embarrassing to admit. Everybody just assumes you're an idiot for obvious reasons. Right? But um, but you look at our generation, and, and they, they did a scientific poll on this just a few years ago. It was commissioned by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. Seventy percent of us are going to vote for socialists. So I, I try to tell people we have to take some time like we're doing right now. You know, there's a lot of headline news. It's important. People need to be informed on these things. But we have to take a little bit of time and say, all right, what's going on in the background that's maybe even more important? And if the indoctrination, the dumbing down and the sexualization of our children is not more important than pretty much everything else, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell people. So this issue is critical for you as a parent. It's critical for us as as communities, as churches, and, and it is absolutely critical for us as a nation. If we lose this battle, everything else is for nothing. All we're doing is delaying the inevitable. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And it, it also is something that people are so woefully uninformed about, even though it's happening to their own children. I've had this experience in my personal life, and I know I've talked about it on the show a bunch, but it was such a such a bizarre situation for me where we had friends of ours whose daughter was in kindergarten who comes home start and starts saying she's a boy and talking to the mother of this little girl. She, it was just so obvious she had no idea what the hell was going on. She was just like, I guess, I guess she's a boy now. Like she was confused. She didn't get what was happening. And, you know, I, I sort of felt uncomfortable about it, but what I wanted to do is just like yell, like, your child is under attack. You need to rescue them from this attack that they're under. So I think, I mean, above everything else, it's like your family, your children are under attack by this, and they don't even know until it, you know, is too late in many cases. How do we get through to those people before it's too late? How do we prepare people for what's going on in school so they can somehow protect their children from the influences that they don't even know are, are assaulting them on a daily basis. I mean, that's why I see this as, as ultimately important is because the people that it's affecting are totally ignorant to the underlying philosophy that's guiding elementary schools in this country. How do we get through to those people before it's too late? And that's why I wrote this book, Harrison, because you're absolutely right. You have the, and I think part of it, you know, I don't want to deflect responsibility here. Parents are ultimately responsible for the decisions they're making. But th there's this tendency to not want to see these things because it's going to require a sacrifice. And so, I, you know what? I started telling people uh, a decade ago that they needed to pull their children out of government schools. I never went to a public school in America. I've been overseas almost all my life. So I, I came back and saw this dumpster fire. and thought, Oh, my goodness. How could this be happening? So about 10 years ago, I started telling people they need to get their children out of school. And I have heard every excuse in the book. And the ones that come up more often than probably any, uh, you know, there, there's a handful. And, and I have these same conversations with pastors and they've got their own excuses. Maybe we can talk about those too. But the parents say, well, I know it's bad, but I'm going to unbrainwash my children during dinner, right? Every right. night we're going to have dinner together as a family and I'm going to ask the children what they learned at school and then I'm going to tell them everything they learned is wrong and here's the truth. Why would you send your children for eight hours a day to learn something that you know is wrong and then think that you can unbrainwash them 30 minutes at dinner while everybody's playing on their smartphones? I mean, it's, it's, it's foolishness frankly, but a lot of people believe they can do this. Uh, you have another where people say, well, I know it's bad everywhere else, but my school district is good because Aunt Sally works there. And, uh, you know, I know one of the members of the school board, he goes to my church. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure the principal is even a Christian. So I, I know the whole rest of the country is, is going to hell in a handbasket, but my little local school district is quite good. 
And and this sentiment is almost ubiquitous, not because it's true. They're all putrid, right? Even the ones that are A districts, they're A districts because they're better at brainwashing your kids, right? Uh, that's, that's not a, a, an indicator of a successful school. But parents want to believe. And I think the reason why, Harrison, and I know there's a lot of people listening to us right now who are thinking, whoa, is that me? They don't want to make the sacrifice. They know that pulling their child out of school is going to be a big responsibility. They know it's going to require some changes in their lifestyle. Maybe one of the parents is going to have to stop working or, or work different hours. It's true. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to deny that there's a sacrifice involved in educating your children. There is, okay? Uh, you just got to get comfortable with that. But the price you will pay if you don't do this is unspeakable. And in 2019, Harrison, I traveled across the United States of America on a speaking tour on this issue of education. We call it the Rescuing Our Children Tour. Uh, I spoke, uh, I did 150 talks more or less in I think four and a half, five months uh, across 44 different states. Now I've, I've gone to you know, many different countries to, to share this information with people. And almost every single time, almost every single time, I, I've lost count by now, it's, it's just so many, I had parents come up to me afterwards crying. Dan, why didn't I know this? Why did I send my my children won't talk to me anymore? My children say I'm a fascist. My son chopped off his private parts. My kid is a communist revolutionary. My kid is homeless. My kid committed suicide. My kid uh, is a homicidal maniac. My kid is a heroin addict. Why did this happen? Well, they didn't know. Why did they not know? Because they didn't want to know. This information is not secret. Uh, yes, it's difficult to find, but it's there. And parents, if you're not willing to make the investment in, in learning these things, when the future of your children, their hearts, their minds, their souls are on the line, uh, you know, I, I probably can't help you. But I'm telling you, you're going to end up just like all those parents who have come to my talks over the years, bawling about the fact that they lost their children because of this and wishing that they could do something different if they could do it all again. It's basically not worth the risk. It's not worth the the risk of saying, well, it might not happen, so, you know, we'll let him go to school. It's like, is that really the the risk you want to take? My my only problem with that is that it is inconvenient. It is in some cases large like almost impossible for some families like if you're not well off and can't afford I mean, public school, private schools extremely expensive. So you know, I, I have more like sympathy for like, hey, I gotta send my kid to school. It's it's free. I, I don't have any other choice and I can't, you know, reshape my whole life for this. I, I get what you're saying that it's like, look, do you want your kid to come home a purple-haired transgender, like, uh, you should make whatever sacrifice necessary. I get that, but at the same time, you look at at things that have happened even in the recent past where you have, like, in Loudoun County, I mean, they reshaped that whole school system, and it was the outrage of the parents because there was some lesson on slavery they didn't like. And so you had parents going and shouting down and demanding change, and they get a thing put in place. It's like, how do we inspire that? Where are our groups of parents getting angry and going and demanding that they stop teach, teaching kids these things? Because I don't want my kid being taught these things, but I don't want any kids being taught these things. Is it more important to try to protect your kid from this indoctrination or is it more important for us to collectively get together and demand that we have a say in our our school system and actually reorient the school system towards something that we like or is that just a, a political impossibility at this point because i i would much rather see the parents of these kids get mad go to the school board and demand a change in curriculum demand that the teachers that are pushing this stuff get fired like is is the activist side of this just 
not even worth pursuing in, in your estimation? Uh, very good questions, Harrison. And there's several things you mentioned I want to break down. And, and starting off with, you know, it's a risk. Yeah, it, 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 to call it a risk is is like the understatement of the century. This is like handing your child a loaded revolver with five rounds in there and one empty and saying, here, try it out. Point it at your head. Let's do Russian roulette. That's going to be fun. There's a chance your child will make it out, right? Some kids do, especially kids like me who don't pay any attention in school and, uh, you know, got kicked. I got kicked out when I was in 10th grade, right? So it didn't affect me much because I didn't come to class. And when I came to class, I wasn't paying attention. And so praise the Lord, I got out okay. And also I went to a, a very fancy private schools growing up. But uh, it, it's a risk of the most enormous and, and with the most catastrophic possible implications. And now uh, to address the second, well, the second part of your statements there, Harrison, yes, it can be difficult to do it. And, and you know what? I, I know. Uh, I've got five children. I've got one more on the way. Uh, I, my wife does not work. She homeschools our children. And so we live off my meager income. And you know what? We survive. And I tell people I would sooner live in a cardboard box before I would send my child to this ridiculous indoctrination camp. And I would. I, I would live in my car. I, I would drive a, a, a you know, 40-year-old car that was falling apart. I would live in a slum. before. I, I would make any sacrifice necessary, and I mean any sacrifice necessary. There is nothing anyone could do. Now, there are that tiny handful of people. I've met, I think, two families who are under court order to send their child to government school. Maybe there was a, a nasty divorce and one parent wanted homeschool. The other one wanted government school. So there is, you know, that tiny sliver of families that cannot do it. But for the most part, I've seen single moms working two jobs, homeschool. In fact, my, my wife and I have helped families like that. Uh, we actually have a, a fundraiser coming up at Mar-a-Lago in March for a, a ministry that I lead as a volunteer. It's called Public School Exit. We've got a little scholarship fund. We will help genuinely low-income parents to do this if necessary. The Homeschool Legal Defense Association has a scholarship fund for very low-income families that want to homeschool. Almost every Christian school in America has a scholarship fund for low-income people. So where there's a will, there's a way. If our goat herding ancestors a thousand years ago could find a way to educate their own children without daddy government, we can certainly do it in the most wealthy and prosperous society that humanity has ever seen. I, I recognize the sacrifices. I don't want to minimize them. I live them every day. I know they're killing us with inflation. I know our salaries are not keeping up with the, the crazy money printing that's going on. They're wasting our money on wars. I, I know all of it because, again, I, I live it and so does everybody else who educates their own children. And then the last point that you mentioned Harrison, and I think this is critical. In fact, this is probably the single main reason I wrote the book, because that's the temptation. Well, if I go speak out at the school board, or if I go run for school board, or if I go lobby my legislatures, and so I, I end the book with a metaphor. The last chapter, chapter 22, uh, right before the afterword, where I sketch out a vision of what does a real education look like, um, I, I make the analogy, and it's quite an inadequate analogy, but I make the analogy of the government school as a burning building. And so your children are trapped inside this burning building. They're, they're burning to death. You can hear them screaming. You can smell it. I mean, you, we all see it, right? We mm -hmm. all see what's going on here. Your children are trapped inside. What is your first response as a parent? And, and if you are you, you know, signing a petition or, or running for school board, I'm afraid you probably don't have kids because when your children are burning, you run in the building, you run as fast as your legs can carry you in the other direction, and then you wake the town. But honestly, this is much worse than a burning building. Harrison, because a burning building, it'll hurt you physically. It might even kill you. But what they're doing to these children 
is, is not just physical. I mean, we've got these children castrating themselves. We've got these little girls having uh, hysterectomies, double mastectomies, uh, abortions. They're shooting each other. Suicide is now one of the top causes of death for children in America for the first time ever in right. human history. So they are destroying these children physically. They are killing these children in a very real sense. But they're also destroying them emotionally and mentally and spiritually and academically. Uh, and so this is much worse than a burning building situation. And so what I do in the whole uh, beginning of the book, the first like five chapters, Harrison, is give the history of this. How did we get here? Because there's this pervasive, pervasive mythology among conservatives and among Christians that there was a golden era of public education and we need to go back to that. Uh, and everybody's got a different point of where it went wrong. Was it, you know, the, when they created the Department of Education? Was it when the Supreme Court kicked God and the Bible out of school? Was it, uh, you know, when John Dewey introduced his progressive reforms? The reality is, and, and I document this beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm I mean, way beyond just a, a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the people who built this system, from Robert Owen, the guy who first proposed it, to Horace Mann, the guy who brought it into Massachusetts from Prussia, to John Dewey, the guy who seized on this architecture with Rockefeller money to weaponize it and further dumb us down and further indoctrinate us, every single one of them had subversive purposes. And so when people say the schools are broken and we need to fix them, I say they're not broken if you understand why they were created. They were created, and again, we can prove this. I've got the primary source documents. They were created to turn your children away from God, to turn your children away from their parents, to turn your children against their country and against the principles that the country was founded on, and to dumb them down so that they wouldn't ask a lot of questions of government or their corporate overlords, so that they would turn the screw in the factory like good little serfs, and when the bell rings, move on to their next assignment without philosophizing about statesmanship or rights and things like this. So when you understand why the system was created, you realize it's working pretty darn well. They're getting, you know, 80% of our children, maybe 90% of our children, depending on what district, it's working very well. And so when people say, well, we just need to reform it, we're going to run for school board and, and we're going to fix the system. For me, that's like saying, um, you know, I, I'd like to reform my cancer, please. I, I don't quite like the shape of my cancer. No, you, you don't want to reform your cancer. You want to get rid of your cancer because it's going to kill you if you don't. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that metaphor too. I, but I like the, I like the burning building metaphor because that I, that is sort of how I see it. Where it's like, okay, getting your kid out obviously has got to be the first priority. But then you don't just take get your kid out and sit there and watch the rest of the kids burn. You want to actually try to put the put the fire out, which is which is uh, you know uh, a balance that I don't see everywhere. But that obviously your book tackles. Again, the book is called "Indoctrinating Our Children to Death: Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It." It's available on Amazon. The author, Alex Newman, is with me. You can follow him on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. There's a great write-up of the book in The New American. And they talk about, uh, you know, they, they list out the assaults that we're facing. They say from transgender propaganda, drag, uh, drag queen story hours and pornographic sex ed for elementary school tots to critical race theory and communist socialist indoctrination for high school and college students. Uh, you know, amongst other things, amongst other horrible poisons being poured into the ears of our children. Why, why the sexual stuff? Why is that so pervasive right now? That's one of the things that I think throws people for a loop because it would never even enter their mind to think they need to protect their kids from sexual perversion in elementary school. But clearly that is a major issue. And then on top of that, obviously, you've got now even red states, uh, Missouri, I think it was, where they're going to take – they have. They took a little girl away from her parents because they didn't want to let her transition, and she wanted to. So now she lives with a foster family that's happy to help her transition. So 
again, it's like I get it. It's not worth the risk because if your kid falls for this propaganda, the state will come in and actually remove them from you, making it impossible for you to to save them whatsoever. Like like bolting them into the uh, burning building, you know, for for all of time. So. Why the sexual stuff? How does that play into it? Why is that such an overwhelming focus at this point? And how do we how do we get through to parents that this isn't just about acceptance and tolerance? It's about something much deeper. Why the sexual stuff, Alex? I, I'm so glad you asked, Harrison, and I'm quite sure we're not going to have time to cover it before we go to break. But this is critical. And in fact, I devote two full chapters to this subject in the book, and I touch on it in other chapters. The first time I can ever find this kind of perverted sex stuff coming into an education system is actually in communist Hungary. Uh, mm-hmm. Over 100 years ago, during the Bela Kun regime, they had a vile communist terrorist named Georgi Lukacs. And he came to the conclusion, that, and many other communists came to the same conclusion, that the biggest obstacle to progress from their point of view was Christianity and Christian morals. They understood that as long as people were attached to this idea of the family, to this idea of monogamous marriage, to this idea of uh, the nuclear family raising up children and, and passing on their faith, passing on their values, they understood that communism was not going to make a lot of progress. So Georgi Lukacs was the uh, commissar of culture and education in this vile mass murdering regime that didn't last for very long, by the way. And he experimented with the idea of exposing them to outrageous sex stuff from the time they were in kindergarten. So he was doing puppet shows where, where these puppets were doing things you can't even describe uh, on a broadcast. Uh, so right. I won't get into them, but horrific, horrific things. And his thinking was, hey, if we can break down these children's inhibitions, if we can get them to think this stuff is normal, they're not going to get a wife or a husband and settle down and have kids and pass their values and civilization on to the next generation. They'll become a blank slate for us to write on. And so you had, you know, Freudo Marxist uh, uh, Communist Party members uh, really taking these ideas and running with them. Now, Georgi Lukacs eventually ended up as part of what's known as the Frankfurt School, which was imported to the United States by the Rockefellers, by John Dewey through Columbia University, where they promoted this propaganda through the whole country. Now, fast forward a few decades. You've got a guy called Alfred Kinsey. Uh, he should be well known to everyone, but he's not. He was a, and I'm usually a really nice guy, Harrison. You know me. I don't normally say bad things about people, but this guy was a monster disguised as a human being. Uh, without getting too graphic, he did sex research, and he, he covered his results in a book called Sexuality in the Human Male. And actually, the, your people who are watching can see it on the screen right now. And you see this table. They were abusing babies. Harrison. And they concluded that these babies were enjoying this and that therefore babies were sexual from birth and that they needed to get them in the sex craze from the moment they could get them. So they figured this was a good way for breaking down morality, breaking down the family so that they could then brainwash these kids. And we're not going to have time to get into the transgender stuff. This really gets into breaking down people's fundamental identity. Who are you? Well, you're not an American. You're not even a boy or a girl. Can you can you stay with us to the other side of the break? So I would love to get more, more into this. Okay, we're going to be back with Alex Newman. The book again, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It is available on Amazon. You can follow Alex on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U, LibertySentinel.org is also the website. We're going to get back on the other side and talk, uh, pick it up where we left off. It's, it's uncomfortable, but it needs to be talked about the way that sexuality is being perverted in an effort to break down the individual and form them into a, a communist mass. I'm not right perfect. Back. I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have... We promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. 
And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillaries, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer Nitric Boost because it costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, Nitric Boost, finally back in stock, 40% off out of the gates. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities, they ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick evil scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Winter isn't coming. Winter is here. And while the sun isn't helping us produce as much vitamin D, do yourself a favor and try InfoWars Life Winter Sun Plus. Winter Sun Plus is a powerful vitamin D-based formula bringing you straight vitamin D3 free of toxic chemicals, allergens, preservatives, artificial colors, and GMOs. Our vitamin D3 formula supports the body's natural immune system, promotes calcium absorption for healthy bones and teeth, and helps sustain healthy tissue and systems of the body. In addition to the vitamin D, Winter Sun Plus includes vitamin K and E to enhance the formula and provide you with even more whole body support. And all these vitamins are presented in a way that is both delicious and easy to absorb. When the winters come, they come cold. So weather the storm and supplement with Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new faster absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com. 
is tomorrow's news today. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. My guest is Alex Newman. He's he's probably one of the most in-demand thinkers on these topics uh, that's out there right now. So thank you so much, Alex, for lending us your your time and and extending this interview a little bit because I really do think it's important to dig down into the history of this, uh, which you do so well. The new book that Alex has just published is called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it at libertysentinel.org. And, you know, you, you, you didn't want to say some of the things that they did to kids with people like Alfred Kinsey and the Frankfurt School, but people need to understand how far this goes. They need to understand what misery the government is willing to inflict on people in pursuit of these bizarre and perverted aims. And one of the best examples that people bring up quite a bit uh, was called the Kintler Project. I know you're familiar with this, and I'm sure a lot of our audience is too. I think you talked about it with Alex last time you were on with him. And this is where they gave children to pedophile men. They would say they should go to foster, their foster parents should be pedophile homosexuals because we want to break down the, the family. And you ask, why Why would they want to do this? What would be the impetus to doing this? And when you look into it, you see it's all about not just stopping fascism, that's the excuse that they use, but remaking humanity itself. So this is from the DW article that goes into excruciating detail about this. And an important thing to understand about this Kentler project is they weren't just taking orphaned kids. That would be sick enough, right? Kids with no parental figure that are just desperate for some semblance of, of stability in their lives, and they're sent off to be sexually molested for the next 18 years by uh, pedophiles uh, with the permission of the German government, that would be awful enough as it is. But when you look into it, you, you realize that it's not even orphan kids. It's kids that are with their parents, that the state comes, takes the kid away from the parent, and then indoctrinate the kid into hating their own parents. And the misery, uh, the, the, it, it is truly heartbreaking to imagine a mother just trying to get their kid back, and their kid is being programmed in real time to despise their own parents and to reject the love of their parents in favor of some pedophile that they live with. It's truly beyond description. But they say Berlin authorities placed children with pedophiles. The Kintler Project in West Berlin routinely placed homeless children with pedophile men, assuming they'd make ideal foster parents. A study has found the practice went on for decades. But when you ask the question why... They say this, I do not think in a society that was more free about sexuality, Auschwitz would, could not have happened, the German legal scholar Herbert Jaeger said. Sexual emancipation was integral to student movements throughout Western Europe, but the pleas were more pitched in Germany, where the memory of genocide had become inextricably, if not entirely accurately, linked with sexual primness. So basically they want to fight fascism. They say fascism relies on basically sexual morality, so if we break that down, then we'll avoid fascism. This has to be one of the most far-fetched concepts I've ever heard, yet they're destroying lives based on this. But it goes even deeper, and I'm sorry I'm sort of rambling here, but yeah, and I'm sure you know all of this, but you know, the audience needs to, needs to understand what this is all about, because it's not just about stopping fascism from rising again. 
It's about recreating human nature itself. They say there's no question that they were trying in a desperate sort of neo-Rousseauian authoritarian, anti-authoritarianism to remake German slash human nature, working to undo the sexual legacy of fascism. So this is about literally breaking down and reformatting humanity itself as a whole. And I think once you wrap your mind around that, it suddenly makes sense that you have things like Brave New World where they had the sex play with little kids. It was about destroying the actual human impetus, which is the ultimate goal to get people to deny their own deep. I mean, there's nothing more deep seated than our genetic desire to procreate and to pass on our genes. Yet, yet that's what they're trying to undo. That's what they're trying to work around. It is a full scale reimagining of humanity itself. Is that is that what's going on in our schools as well? That's exactly what's going on. And, you know, th this whole concept of using fascism as cover for these types of things, it is deeply embedded in the school system. In fact, we have a whole chapter on the Frankfurt School. A lot of these ideas were pioneered by a group of communists in Frankfurt who were imported to the United States by people like John Dewey with help from the Rockefeller dynasty. And one of their big claims to fame was this idea of the authoritarian uh, father, right? That, that fathers in America were these authoritarian figures and that that was uh, conducive to fascism. And so they came up with this idea that they had to emasculate the men. Of course, they didn't believe that this was going to cause fascism. They believed that quite properly uh, men would defend their family. Men would defend their children. Men would pass on the values from earlier generations, their faith, their history, their culture, their traditions, to the next generation, that men would protect their wives. And so they wanted to break down the family. They wanted to atomize the individual. And so they came up with this idea of the authoritarian personality that uh, fathers uh, protecting their families, uh, fathers guiding their families, needed to be uh, attacked and, and absolutely and so that's what we saw starting in about the 1930s and 40s. This idea started pervading academia, and then it ultimately worked its way into the schools. And what you see today, this, there, all these agendas intersect, right? You, you have, for example, queer theory which is actually just a descendant of critical theory, which is the purview of the Frankfurt School. This is a, a Marxist concept. They realized that the class warfare idea was not going to work in most places. Antonio Gramsci pioneered this, and they figured out that what you really needed was Marxism through the culture. You needed to destroy the family. You needed to destroy the religion, the church, and the cultural institutions. So they came up with this idea that they should wage total warfare on the family through sex ed. And now we see... Critical theory, right? And, and this is now embedded in every element of the school curriculum, and it takes different forms. So they tell the children, for example, and, and I know you know this, Harrison, well, you're an oppressor. Your ancestors came from Europe. You have white privilege, and therefore you're bad. Uh, you, on the other hand, you have slightly darker skin. You're a victim. Right? It's standard Marxist play. You divide society up into oppressors and oppressed. And then they tell the children with lighter skin, and this is especially effective with the little girls because, you know, they really don't want to be perceived as oppressors. They tell these little girls, hey, your ancestors came from Europe. That means you have white privilege. That means every bad thing that ever happened to somebody with darker skin is your fault. But... You know, you could also be an oppressed victim if you were to pick, uh, say, a, a letter from the alphabet. You could be an L, you could be a G, you could be a B, you could be a T, you could be a P, right? A P is the next frontier. So critical theory 
and, and, and queer theory, which is a descendant of critical theory, as is critical race theory, holds that children are being sexually repressed, that heteronormativity is oppressive, and now they have indoctrinated an entire generation of school teachers to believe that they're doing good by trying to destroy heteronormativity. So they're telling these little girls that they could be oppressed victims if they pick a letter from the alphabet. And I mean, it, it gets really, really sick here, and I, I don't know how much I want to say on air because I, I know you're on the radio. I don't want to get you in trouble. But they're arguing, and, and they have done this openly in their own essay. So this isn't me connecting the dots or going into the smoky rooms as a fly on the wall. They have argued that restricting children from having relationships of a sexual nature is oppressive. And they have said quite openly in their own essays that the ultimate goal here is to normalize and legalize sexual relationships between adults and children. They want the individual completely isolated, completely alone, broken down so that the communist, this cult, can then rebuild them in their own image. And after the transgender madness, you know, you can transcend your own sex, your own gender. Well, next up is transcending your own humanity. That right. gets us into the subject of transhumanism. But, folks, this agenda is deep. It's really dark. Uh, we can't talk about it all on the air because some of it is so sick. But, folks, uh, it is it is evil beyond what you could possibly even imagine. And when they run around the streets chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. You need to take them real seriously. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of evil things going on in the world, but man, when you really look into this stuff, this the history of it, the things that they were doing, because again, the Kentler Project, that was back in the early 80s they were doing this. So we've had 40 years of so-called progress to get to where we are now. Like you said, evil doesn't even begin to describe it. Uh, we have one more segment on the other side, and I want to ask you about the churches, where the churches are, how the churches were so neutered and have, and have really chosen to remove themselves from this conversation, when in reality, they could be such a powerful force against this. I want to know how we how we recruit Christians in this country into actually putting their faith into action, understanding the real world consequences of sending your kids to a, an atheistic government school. On the other side with Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death is the new book. You can find it on Amazon. Protect your kids, protect your faith, protect this world. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or four thousand bottles of each one of these. I think we've got four thousand bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about four thousand bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in. And we've got about three thousand bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. But, folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsStore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsStore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a T-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. 
We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarsstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. I don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it, and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraiser is a signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. And that's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life all at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My guest is Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org. You can follow him on X at Alex Newman underscore J-O-U. His new book is called Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. It's available right now on Amazon. And, of course, you get into the history, and uh, the history is long and sordid indeed. I mean, a literal century or more of this worming its way into our collective subconscious, into our school system and academia, into media, even into law enforcement. And now it's open. Now it's out in the open, and they're making statements that you never would have thought they would ever make. But they're doing it, and they feel comfortable saying these types of things. I want to go to this video. This is a Canadian member of parliament, and I want to get your reaction on the other side, Alex. Canadian member of parliament, Randall Garrison, saying there's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. Let's go now to clip 26. 
view this as a parental rights issue at all? Well, I'd like to say, first of all, there's no such thing as parental rights. In Canada, there are parental responsibilities. And in Canadian family law, the primary responsibility of parents is to support and affirm their kids. Children have rights in Canada, and these kind of policies restrict the rights that children have in Canada. There's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. How every parent doesn't balk at that, how he even has the, the temerity to say that on live TV. What's your take on this, Alex? I'm glad you asked, Harrison, because we're seeing now a full-blown war on even the idea of parental rights. They've, they've actually got some leaders here in the United States recruited for this. They have um, a lady by the name of Elizabeth Bartholet at Harvard University. She's the head of the Child Advocacy Project at Harvard Law School. And then they have James Dwyer down at William & Mary, the kind of the dynamic duo of waging war on parental rights. He actually has said the only reason the relationship exists between a child and his or her parents is because the state confers that on them through paternity and maternity laws. This is absolutely insane. This is absolutely sick. And historically, Harrison, the people who try to get between between parents and their children are either perverts who have very nefarious intentions when it comes to those children or they're tyrants who want to brainwash and indoctrinate those children to submit to tyranny. And historically, that has been the case all throughout history. The people trying to get between parents and their children are dangerous almost every single time. And of course, they're not going to say, hey, I want to hurt your kids. Hey, I want to brainwash your kids. Hey, I want to rape your kids. They say, I'm going to protect your kids from you, mom and dad, right? Who loves these children more than their parents? And the answer is nobody on the planet. Of course, right? Every parent knows this. Every child knows this. Every child instinctively knows that his parents love him more than anyone. And so going back a little bit more to uh, Alfred Kinsey, I, I want to just throw this one more thing out there so that it comes full circle and people understand what's happening here. Alfred Kinsey wanted to sexualize children from the time that he could get a hold of them. He said, as soon as we can pry them loose from their mother, they ought to be subjected to sex education. He was working, and very few people know this, but Dr. Judith Reisman, the top expert on Alfred Kinsey in the world, uh, she passed away recently. She was at Liberty University, a wonderful lady. Uh, she exposed that Alfred Kinsey was working with the Central Intelligence Agency and the Rockefellers on what came to be known as Project MK Ultra. These were mind control experiments, folks. So when you understand that the sex agenda is not about just sex. I mean, yes, they want your children sleeping around. They know the damage this does. I've got books here from people who did studies for the U.S. government showing that uh, promiscuity and, and sex before marriage in children causes all kinds of lifelong problems with, with their mental health, with their future relationship. They know all this, and that's why they want to do it. But ultimately, it's even more sinister. Why was Alfred Kinsey involved in the CIA's mind control experiments? When you figure that out, you see how wicked and how nefarious this is. Again, parents, you must protect your children from these people. And that's the thing is that, uh, you know, I know my my fellow parents, I know even even grandparents at this point, it's like they're just like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with being gay. If that's the way they are, it's our job to accept them. It's like, how do you get how do you get through to people like, no, this isn't about accepting your child's choice. Your child is being indoctrinated for a very deliberate purpose to destroy their individuality, to destroy their stability, to destroy their happiness. Like, how do you break through the the seemingly impassable wall of like just I just want to do good and not think about the moral as you know, the moral uh, underpinnings of any of this. I just want to be accepting of whatever is happening like it's. 
it's almost hard to explain. It's hard for me to even ask the question because it, it seems so obvious to us because we're aware of, of how this works and, and the psychological games being played. But to most people that aren't aware of this, they just they really think it's their job to change their mindset to fit whatever new horror is introduced, whether it's transgenderism or, or homosexuality in whatever form it takes or furries that, you know, well, my kid thinks he's a cat. I, I have to deal with that. Like, how do you even talk to these people? How do you get through to these people to go, you're not a good person for accepting this. You're not a good person for allowing your child to be led down this road to destruction. How do we get through to these people, Alex? Well, what you were just describing, Harrison, was actually a very sophisticated social change manipulation technique that was deployed back in the 1990s. Um, I've, I've got the propaganda that they used. I cover it in the book. I've, I've used excerpts from the videos they showed children all across the United States in the early 1990s. They had a documentary called It's Elementary, talking about gay issues at school. This was shown to first graders, second graders, third graders all across the United States in the public schools. And what they do, they actually have a homosexual activist teaching the children, hey, kids, let's be pretend. And judges, we're going to think about these bans on homosexual marriage and how mean that is. So let's be pretend judges. Let's put on our pretend judges hats and let's look at these laws that say loving homosexuals who, who love each other can't marry. Each other. What do we think about these? What should we do as pretend judges? Now, at this time, people need to remember, you know, we, we have this black uh, hole for our history at that time. Sodomy was still a crime across most of the states. The Supreme Court didn't strike down sodomy laws until the early 2000s in a case against Texas. So that's how radical the social change was. And now to your question, Harrison, how do you get through on these issues? It is very difficult because these children didn't, and, and now these adults, they didn't reason themselves into these positions. What is education the way a normal person thinks about education? Think back to what Pavlov did with his dogs. He conditioned them to have a certain response to a given stimuli. That is actually what's happening in the schools, and parents don't realize this. Their children are being conditioned to have a certain response to a given stimuli. And so they call it, for example, social-emotional learning. We want the child to have the value of empathy, and every parent says, oh, great, I I want my kids to be empathetic. And then what you don't know is they define empathy as supporting abortion up until right before the baby is born, supporting open borders, supporting uh, the destruction of marriage. So they define empathy in a very different way than a normal person would. And then they get to work conditioning your child to accept these highly controversial political, cultural, and social positions on, for example, transgenderism or abortion. And they don't use logic. They don't use evidence to convince them that this is the correct position. They use slightly more sophisticated techniques than what you would use to train a bear to jump through a hoop at a circus. And and I mean that quite literally. These are conditioning, emotional response techniques. They give them rewards. And now it's all done on devices, tablets, so the parents don't even know. They gather the data. They've got facial recognition cameras that determine what sort of response your child has to a given stimuli. That's processed through the algorithm, through the AI. The UN just had the first AI in education conference in Beijing in 2019. And then it determines whether your child had the right response to whatever the stimuli was. So this is very, very dangerous. And that's why people find it so difficult to talk to these people. Parents say, you know, what happened to my child? They're saying I'm, I'm a, a fascist because I'm a Republican. And, and you show them all the evidence and they just keep drooling like Pavlov's dogs, right? right. It's not a 
logical response. It's not a response that involved thought. It's a response that involved emotional conditioning. And so deprogramming them then becomes very much like trying to deprogram somebody who's been brainwashed into a cult. It is incredibly difficult. Wow. Yeah. So they're literally like hacking, hacking hormonal responses, giving the dopamine, uh, uh, you know, uh, prize to the kids who do things the right way it's it's literally pavlovian that is absolutely horrifying uh, so we have about a minute left here but where are the churches alex where the hell are the churches in all of this unfortunately the pastors and the elders and the bishops and the the presbyters and they've all been brainwashed by the same system that we're talking about so each generation gets worse and worse but uh, you know i actually conclude the book with an afterword going back to the bible what does the bible teach about education what did education look like in the founding era say what can we learn from that and then apply it to our current context uh, we need the churches to be active here and i think that begins with preaching the whole counsel of god that's what the bible says pastors ought to be doing the whole counsel including what god teaches on education, and it begins with exposing what is happening here. You know, Jesus said, you're either with me or against me. Pastors, you need to take this stuff very seriously. You're talking about making disciples of all nations. You're losing 80% of the children in your congregation. I don't want to know about how you're going to make disciples in Haiti or Laos when you're losing virtually all the children in your congregation. Pastors, you must take this seriously, even from your own self-interest. Your church will not survive if this continues. All right. Why Why would it? Why go to church when you can get the same information on MTV or at, you know, at a government school? Man, it is, uh, it's a big issue, but I'm glad people like Alex Newman are, are covering it and taking it on. Indoctrinating Our Children to Death is the name of the book. Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, Government Schools, War on Faith, Family, and Freedom, and How to Stop It. Available now on Amazon, Alex Newman underscore J-O-U on Twitter, and you can go to LibertySentinel.org. Thank you so much, Alex, for spending time with us today, and, uh, and congratulations on the new book and the new kid. Thank you so much, Harrison. It's an honor to be here. God bless you, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. God bless. All right, stay tuned, folks. Alex Jones in 90 seconds. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you on Monday here on American Journal. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsTore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good. And it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible. And I almost forgot, it's 40% off. So get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the InfoWar. It does incredible things to your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off InfoWarsStore. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is The Great Awakening. 
the plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. And it's time for humanity to stand up in the 